0: We can identify all those tickets, all those work items, unplanned, planned, and say, hey, you know, these are things that are waiting there that are waiting to be merged. What's happening? You know, and that's just slowing dev time or slowing that time from idea to code or idea to production.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Stack Overflow podcast. Today, we have a special episode brought to you by HCL. We are going to be talking about software, as we always do. We're going to be talking about technology. And I am joined today, as I often am, by my co-host, Ryan Donovan.
2: Hi, Ryan. Hey, Ben. How are you doing today? So if I
1: said value stream management to you, would that mean anything right off the top of your head? Uh,
2: you know, I'm not sure. I sort of assume that anything engineers are doing are part of a value stream. Right, right. Okay. What if I said,
1: automate away your stand-ups? Then I have your attention, right? Yeah,
2: absolutely. I don't think okay. anybody likes a stand-up meeting. <laughs> I have a stand-up desk,
1: but I, I no more boring stand-ups at least. So today we're going to welcome Nick Matheson and Sylvan Carbonell from HCL to talk a little bit about the software that they create. Yeah. And how it can help soft, software developers sort of get a better view of what's happening, understand where the value is coming from, and maybe automate or operationalize uh, certain things so they get more out of it. Less time in a boring standup, more value out of your software. Nick, Sylvan, welcome to the podcast.
3: Hi, thank you for having us today. I'm Sylvain Carbonel. I am the HCL Accelerate Chief Architect. I'm responsible on the day-to-day for guiding development teams in building robust solutions. And my background is, um, is mostly technical. I started my career working at startups as a software developer, developing in a very, you know, very challenging and chaotic environment at times where continuous integration and deployments were not even a thing. And then I joined UrbanCode and discovered Agile, DevOps, and the best practices in software delivery. And for the story, UrbanCode was later acquired by IBM in 2013 Mm. and joined HCL Technology in 2018. And over the past eight years, I had many roles from senior developer, tech lead, developer manager, to solution architect now. And I'm focusing today at HCL on the next round of challenges around value stream management and visualization that we will be discussing today. To you, Nick.
0: Yeah, hi. Uh, My name is Nick Matheson. I am the uh, HCL Accelerate product manager. Uh, I've started my career as a a plug-in integration developer uh, and realized management was the track for me, shockingly. Uh, And so I transitioned into a release management role, getting into the nitty-gritty of enterprise uh, releases, uh, handling security checks, translation checks, all those things. And finally realizing, you know, <laughs> it wasn't all that optimized. There are problems everywhere. Um, and that really led me into this concept before I knew it of value stream management and how we can start optimizing that process, bringing things further to the left, all those things, and really led me to where I am today, being a, a product manager for the tool that makes my past life easier. So I, I'm very excited to, to chat further.
1: Okay, that makes a lot of sense. And so, Steven, I think you mentioned it, but the tool is called HCL Accelerate. Did I get that right?
3: That's 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 right. HCL Accelerate. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So, Nick, I guess if we're you know we're we're focusing on this at the beginning, I'm going to let you talk your book a little bit, and then I'd love to for our audience kind of look under the hood a little bit. You know, what what I think people want to hear on this podcast is sort of the art and practice of software development. So let's step back. We'll go high level, and then we'll dig into the nitty gritty. If I was a company or software developer either at a small startup, medium-sized company, whatever it may be, why would I use your product? Like what are the, you know, the the pain points that would sort of get me on that journey as a potential customer looking and, and why would I end up choosing HCL?
0: Yeah, so so great question. This happens uh, a lot and what where we are in value stream management is very early in the industry and in the thought process. Most commonly and where we came from, we came from agile, which is changing a lot of those processes and reordering ourselves from waterfall into a more constant feedback way into DevOps, which was kind of an automate all the things idea, where <laughs> you're trying to move fast, but you're not moving fast with direction. Uh, and that's really the, the core of what value stream management is, is trying to move quickly, reduce those bottlenecks, but make sure what you're delivering has clear direction. It is aligned well with the value, that tangible value prop that you're delivering to your customer. And making sure that what management planned weeks ago is still what we're driving towards now and making sure there's good alignment. You're going to look at a uh, value stream management, value stream management platform, and come in with the maybe a rough understanding or maybe a early days of having DevOps practices in place. But you're looking to really try to optimize those ideas. Bring visualization into what you're doing on a daily basis, but then try to fine-tune and tweak things to really run faster and run faster with clear alignment from top down.
2: Gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah. So what exactly are you visualizing here? What's the visualization component? So uh, one good reason uh, development teams,
3: I think, would look at, at our tool and would pick our tool is for the visibility, the visualization it provides for all the stakeholders involved in the software delivery lifecycle. So, you know, uh, I had many opportunities to spend time in the field, helping customers improving their delivery and release management processes the past few years. And one of the first activities that we would go through to figure out where to even start to understand their process has often be to bring people from different roles, working on delivering the same set of applications into one room, for a few hours and go through the the exercise of drawing or mapping out on the whiteboard their entire process from the idea all the way to production. It's a great exercise, which brings people together, normally divided, people working in their silos to quickly discuss, agree, disagree on what works, what doesn't, and eventually even learn about what other roles have to deal with every day. And this is what DevOps is all about. So think about HCL Accelerate Visualization or Value Stream Visualization as a way to come together as a team and map out a very accurate and live representation of the entire process, bringing that whiteboard to life. And once the Mm. process is mapped out and the data flows, it is very easy to track where the work is at any given time and how fast it is flowing through the Value Stream. So everybody benefits from that type of visibility. From uh, developers, we, we talked about stand-ups. It facilitates those stand-ups or retrospectives to give them the visibility on what's going on on the day-to-day on their side of the house, but also on the other side of the wall where, you know, is their code being deployed and tested and meeting is it meeting quality requirements and so on. But it will also help dev leads to keep track of their trends, you know, maybe on some CI and CD metrics, QA engineers to figure out what's coming their way. Uh, but also release managers so they can see the progress of, of what is being uh, you know delivered in this release and is it maybe at risk or uh, it's on track. But also product owners to keep track of their features. Apex, we'll talk about that. And finally, operation folks, of course, they can get a, a great visibility on what is coming their way and how it's being tested for quality, but also security. So it's all about bringing people together into a single place, We can look at to improve um, collaboration and um, next would be going even further and find even opportunities for improvements once we have such visibility and is this
1: something that the customer can sort of like customize as they need is it a roadmap a checklist like what you're saying makes a lot of sense there's all of these different stakeholders who are going from ideation to product and you want to make sure when you get to the end after having done all the work that you're actually delivering the value to the customer or if it's something internal, you know, the efficiency. And it might be easy to lose sight of that with all of the different stakeholders and all of, you know, the services that are being connected or the things that are being, you know, turned into operations. And I guess the visualization itself, is that something that you at HCL have designed or something the customer designs?
0: The, the concept of that value stream really starts at the value stream map or value stream mapping, which is that action or that ritual that might perhaps uh, happens on a quarterly basis. Yearly basis, where you all get in a room, twenty people jam packed. It's sweaty. Hopefully, you have some pizza, and you're you're <laughs> mapping out your your bubble and stick diagram of where how work is moving through the system. How mm-hmm. that idea from the customer, that feature request, came in, where it came in, what tool it came through, who triage it, looked at it, and filtered it to maybe a GitHub issue, Jira ticket, et cetera. It was picked up, worked on, and then eventually deployed. Right, all of those little little tidbits that some developers can have some information, and then the managers, release managers, are going to have others. Right, they're all coming in and providing and creating that visual. Now, every company is different. Every company has you know the little idiosyncrasies that they uh, they have to do it in such a certain fashion, such a certain way. And that makes everything really unique, uh, especially Mm. with where actually active time is versus wait time, where it's just sitting there and nothing's happening. So being able to visualize that, right, is a great first step of saying we fully understand how we deliver our software, how we bring an idea to a deliverable. Uh, However, that gets stale, right? You did that on a quarterly basis. You did it on a yearly basis. And it's old. And what we're able to provide is a live value stream map. So you define that this stage, whatever that stage might be, is defined by one approval, right? That means it's mm. now in, in review processor; it's ready for merge, right? And that is a, a stage in which maybe someone needs to go in there and manually hit that accept button. We can identify all those tickets, all those work items, unplanned, planned, and say, hey, you know, these are things that are waiting there, that are waiting to be merged. What's happening? You know, and that's just slowing dev time or slowing that time from idea to code or idea to production,
2: right? Somebody needs to get in there and approve it, right? And
0: and those little things happen everywhere and we don't realize it Uh, and bring it to life and seeing it live is incredibly powerful.
1: This is a a constant, and even in my life on the marketing side, when I'm working on something big that we're gonna push live, you know, like the dev survey, something big going to the website or we're doing a product release and I'm gonna do a blog post that pairs with it. There's always that, you know, sort of those moments where it's the, request waiting in limbo that's holding things out, not actually people's ability to get the work done. So I like how you put that.
3: If you think about it, uh, if we take all the time, I mean, if we try to identify all the time it takes to go from the idea all the way to production, very early we all started to look at automating the CI and CD part, but we have compressed that from maybe hours uh, to, uh, to uh, maybe minutes. So it doesn't take mm. that much time anymore. So if it takes two or three weeks to release something out the door, then uh, we need to look at other areas where we need to improve. And we're talking about these manual steps, we're talking about these other part of the process, maybe in the planning and, and development and review phase, testing phase that also need our attention. So this is kind of what also it is about, extending our vision to these other opportunities or areas uh, of improvement.
2: Yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting point. I think a lot of focus has been on uh, automating the CICD part and less on the sort of software development lifecycle automation. I think providing this kind of automation and transparency into that is uh, absolutely helping everybody. But I also know a lot of devs that are, you know, they don't like being watched. Any feeling of surveillance, they rankle at. How do you avoid having your devs feel surveilled?
0: Yeah, that's another great question uh, and something that we definitely want to avoid. We recognize that, to generate some of these long-term metrics, we do need to get into that nitty-gritty of you know things of how long a PR is waiting, right? You start mm-hmm. to assi- make those assignments and start to make those connections. However, uh, there's no "I" in team, as as generic as that sounds, and we live and die by our our teams and how we are delivering our product as a unit. The whole concept of a value stream is really uh, centers around a. You know, that two-pizza team idea of as a unit, we are delivering our value, however we define that value, and how we are trending, how we are interacting with one another, how we are reviewing each other's code, providing support, whatever that might be, everyone is, is having some impact on that PR, that work item, et cetera. Being and having individual metrics doesn't give you a clear picture. It's going to lead management down the right track, and that's something that we recognize We don't want to do, we don't want to be a a tool that doesn't give, give teams the correct direction. Uh, And that is Mm. at that value stream level and team level.
1: And Nick, when we were chatting earlier, you talked to me a little bit about sort of story points and epics, this idea, like you just said, it's not necessarily about keeping an eye on one individual, but seeing how everybody's working in concert. So can you describe a little bit of how those ideas, those metaphors function in the system?
0: Right, right. So at a team level, developer level, right, we're all thinking about that work item, what work item we're working on. And, you know, there's no feeling like closing that ticket, merging that code and being done and putting your stamp of approval on it. But from a, you know a management point of view, right, we're thinking of large scale. You know, we kind of have this large ship that we're trying to turn and it takes a lot of effort uh, so <laughs> management is is very focused on like that larger picture and are our developers focused on that bigger thing, that bigger feature. Right. We uh, Management wants to be clear that whatever those day-to-day work items are, they are aligning with that, that greater feature. Uh, so whether that is planned work, right? You pick up that work item off the backlog, you start hacking away at it, or it's unplanned work, being able to track both of those in parallel and ensure that Yes, this was unplanned. We didn't know it, but it's still aligning to that that feature, that epic goal, and and that's a okay. You know, I'm I'm still going to approve that and allow it every single time. No problems there. And there's full alignment top to bottom. Being able to get those those views uh, as we start to roll up and as we start to talk to management, you know, those views are incredibly powerful of being able to to drive deep into a large feature and seeing exactly how many story points are associated with it, how it progressed, how many contributors have touched that uh, that large feature, whatever that might be, the progression of it over multiple sprints. And you start to see some grander scale metrics from there.
2: Having seen some of the uh, reporting around the tickets, like the Epic is everything. Uh, the story points accumulated on that Epic, that's what you're trying to whittle down. Also,
1: it's fun to just say Epic. It feels good. It's pretty
2: Epic. Yeah, it's pretty Epic. All right, let's, let's get to the nerdy stuff here. Uh, what's your stack? What's the architecture of this product? Yeah, so uh, our
3: application is, um, is, is composed of multiple Node.js microservices. They are running on Docker containers. And they are developed using various JavaScript frameworks like D3, React.js, Meteor. And we are leveraging GraphQL APIs, just more modern ways for, for APIs. And MongoDB as our document database. So it's an on-prem application. It's installed behind the firewalls and deployed and running on various flavors of Kubernetes. It's kind of a complex architecture on microservices for an on-prem solution, right? It's not very typical. Well, uh, just uh, for your information, Accelerate was uh, originally the result of multiple cloud native applications or offerings made for SaaS. And we decided to bring them together into one on-prem solutions. It was really new for to us because we had expertise uh, with building huge traditional monolithic applications, but we decided to stick with the microservices architectures for many reasons. First of all, it's a modern stack that developers really enjoy, and uh, and we decided to embrace Docker, Kubernetes, very uh, I mean uh, great technologies that are trending and that play very nicely with microservices, especially when there is a need for scaling. And we like Docker so much that. Um, even our plugin framework runs on Docker. So, our main value, and you, I think you, you might have uh, understood that by now, is to get the, the data collected from many tools involved in the software delivery lifecycle. And then we need to integrate, bring all the data and tie it together. And we need integrations that scale. That's why we provide a plugin framework that allows you to write a plugin as a Docker image. And it will then run well encapsulated code and we can scale it in a Kubernetes like uh, environment. So uh, sticking with that tech stack forced us to definitely develop new skills and gave us more flexibility also at time to pick the technology that we wanted. You know, when you're stuck with uh, an existing application, it's really hard to a monolithic application. It's really hard to change the tech stack. But uh, microservices, it's really easy to kind of change uh, the tech stacks under the hood when needed for some of those microservices. We really like that. So we can always keep up to date and keep that very modern tech stack that I think is going to be ideal long term. And also will put us uh, in a good position, let's say, the day we decide to go SaaS as well and not just on-prem.
1: That makes a lot of sense. Ryan and I've had conversations recently with some of the developers here at Stack Overflow talking about why, you know, the reasons why they've adopted those exact same tools, Docker and Kubernetes. And I think as you said, like it, it doesn't sound intuitive maybe at first, but there's sort of two big advantages you mentioned that I wanted to highlight. One is you go with the tools that are trending and that you know allows you to attract great talent and to bring people on board who are energized about the project. And two, you have so much flexibility in the scale of it. So as you pointed out, you're doing it one way now, but if you wanted to go in a more SaaS direction, you would have that flexibility. So definitely interesting and something we've heard even internally here at Stack Overflow.
2: Yeah, I think having a microservices application on-premise is a super interesting idea. I'm sure there's a lot of companies, because they're exposing their internal processes, uh, they prefer to have all this data on prem.
3: No, that's actually really true. So all these offerings started in a public cloud, but companies were not really ready for this yet to put their data over there. So instead, they were, I mean, more comfortable to have those services running behind their firewall where they could control where the data is, where it lives. So Mm -hmm. I think maybe we'll get there at some point. It will make sense for us to be SaaS. But uh, today on-prem is definitely our main target.
1: So Nick, Sylvan, I guess, could you discuss just a couple of sort of concrete examples, maybe some of the you know, challenges and and results. You don't have to name the clients if it doesn't make sense, but, you know, walk us through like a DevOps use case or a a financial client, like when they put this into practice, what do they see?
3: Yeah, I guess I'll start, Nick. Let let me share uh, with you this concrete example that I've seen a lot lately. So it's a common use case that that came up multiple times the past couple of years. I've been working with a few companies in Europe and the Middle East, mostly in the financial sector, I won't name them, but that they all share a very similar challenge so think about big enterprises that are outsourcing the development of their applications to third parties. They contract the maintenance and the delivery of new features for their software, and they will eventually take the deliverables and deploy them to their production environments. So Ops and Dev are then completely siloed. Sometimes it is simply a different unit in the same company, but very often it's there are two entirely different companies working in different time zones. So they are using a shared HCL Accelerate value stream as a way to bridge that gap and and provide visibility on what is being delivered by these third-party companies. They are bringing data from planning and source control tracking system used by the third-party company into a value stream. And they tie it to their delivery pipelines and tools managed by their own ops teams. And it provides then visibility on the progress of the implementation of these features, a good insight as well on... uh, how well those deliverables are tested, and, and if they are you know, more likely to be ready for handoff. So they are looking at visibility, transparency, and predictability, and, uh, and of course, auditability. They want to have access to all the data, and they never had access to that before. So it sounds kind of like cliche a little bit, I realize, but uh, we are bridging the gap between dev and ops, but that's literally what's happening here. And examples like this, they are a lot, but every day, even for our own teams, We have dev and test, right? Devs are located in the U.S., tests are located on the other side uh, of the planet. And they don't have a common whiteboard that they can look at to look at their value stream, right? So instead, they will share a value stream, a live value stream, and test engineers can see kind of what's coming their way, what's what's ready for them. Uh, And it has many benefits and results uh, for these companies and for ourselves uh, included, which are uh, fewer meetings, fewer surprises, better collaboration. And I think in a time like uh, we are in right now with this pandemic we are going through um, that we are going through right now we have many people on our teams that are even working remote and a value stream solution definitely makes a big difference.
1: Nick anything you want to chime in here any uh, examples that you can think of concrete examples maybe that are a slightly different lane?
0: Yeah, so another example that I I really like and enjoy is the onboarding of new teams and new companies. So a lot of what happens, right, you're in a company, you come on board, maybe you're just acquired, and you know the, the new company has a way of doing things. They want to see something a certain way. And what we've been able to provide is you don't need to conform to set standards. Our plugin mm. system allows you to model your value stream that you see fit. So we've had customers who are using Jenkins as their deployment tool and also Azure DevOps and we are both able to model you know, tools that use Azure DevOps cleanly and groups that use Jenkins cleanly. Or if you're using Jira and GitHub issues, it doesn't matter. And that's what's great is you are able to model your value stream that you see fit, that your, your team needs to rally behind. You know, It all kind of boils down to they all have in-progress states, right? They all have deployment states. That doesn't matter. But how you integrate with those tools is important. So yeah. we can offer a platform that allows you to link up, sync up with the tools of your choice, but to management of how they're tracking these things, it all looks the same. So dev teams can can push forward with what works best for them.
1: That seems like it's definitely a point of sort of like, yeah, cultural friction, you know? And I guess yeah. what you're saying is sort of like, it doesn't matter what tools you're coming in with, what you really want to be able to do is demonstrate to your new colleagues, your new teammates, as well as like new management, look, this is the way we've done it. Maybe it's not the way you understand it, but if we can map out the value stream and we can map out the deliverables, then like we can all get on the same page and sort of row in the same direction.
0: Yeah. And there's definitely that, that cultural state of where we are today is, you know, empower developers to, to own the tools and, and deliver mm. it how they see fit. And this definitely aligns well We've seen great improved retention in these companies of just an easier onboarding time, user experience when, they can, when developers can use the tools that mean something to them and are in their wheelhouse. <laughs> yes.
1: There's nothing engineers hate more than being told what tools to use yes. uh, if they haven't decided themselves that it's the right way to do it.
0: So it sounds like
2: you have a lot of coverage of uh, existing tools, existing features. What's coming up? What's
0: the future? Yeah. So uh, for HL Accelerate, I see it really in two, two fashions. So one, it's the the new AI ML. Uh, you know, everyone wants to see how we can inject some machine learning into the product and start to have long-term predictions. And especially with all the data we're ingesting from various tools, it's just it just makes sense. Uh, so one of the things that we're looking at in the short term is providing some milestone risk analysis of saying, hey. Sprint to sprint, here how we believe uh, some work items are progressing. Here's what we believe some, how some work items will be delivered and on what date. Uh, And giving the leads, developers, you know, ways to rally behind work items that might be in a higher risk state, you know, be able to have that swarm mentality to target certain items and say, hey, you know, this is a problem. Or on the flip side, talk to management and say, hey, there are a bunch of work items in here and have them feel empowered to have those discussions with management with data behind them. Uh, so we see that as, as super exciting. The other one is around gamification. You know, we we want to get you know a little bit in a, a little bit of a competitive nature. You know, We want to you know, see how well we can do. We want to start fine-tuning things to see where we can remove bottlenecks or improve speeds. And so what I, I see in the f- future is some sort of you know gamification of our, our metrics and seeing how we can improve. You know, Again, this is very important that we keep it at a team level. Again, we're not trying to to pit developers against each other, uh, but have some healthy competition, uh, I don't think, hurt.
2: Well, here at Stack Overflow, we do love our gamification. Yeah, we love free internet points. We give them away all the time. <laughs> exactly. They're a big motivator.
1: Well, I just want to say thanks so much for coming on. I think this is a great topic for our audience. This is definitely the kind of stuff that they like to dig into. Why don't we tell people who we are and where we can be found? I'll go first. And then next, Sylvan, you can sort of let folks know where they can find the internet and maybe, yeah, I guess a couple places where they can check out more about this technology or, or give it a try. So I'm Ben Popper. I'm the director of content here at Stack Overflow. You can always find me on Twitter at Ben Popper, and you can always email us podcast at stackoverflow.com.
2: I'm Ryan Donovan. I edit the blog and do the newsletter. You can find me at Arthur donovan on Twitter. And if you have a great blog idea, you can email me at pitches at stackoverflow.com. I'm Sylvain Carbonel. I'm the FCL uh, Accelerate Chief Architect. You can find
3: me just uh, on LinkedIn. Just uh, come and chat with me. Uh,
0: My name is Nick Matheson. I'm the Product Manager at Freightail Accelerate. Uh, Happy to chat on LinkedIn as well. Uh, if you'd like to download a free community edition of HCL Accelerate, no no strings attached, full feature set, you can find it at hcltechsw.com slash accelerate. Also, if you're interested in automated governance or some DevSecOps, also check that out as well. We have a lot of stuff up there.
1: Awesome, everybody. Well, check it out and uh, we'll throw those links in the show notes so you can find them there. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon.